You're listening to the RFWP Podcast with your host, Lois McNair and Emily Lewis, where you'll find candid conversations, transparent faith, encouragement, the occasional sarcasm, and a whole lot of grace as they share their walk with Jesus. Here's today's episode. Hi, friends. Today we have the second half of our conversation about worth. We hope that the first half was such a blessing to you and an encouragement to know that you are so valued and so loved. I did back up this conversation just a couple of minutes to set up the context for the conversation. Um, But if you haven't heard part one, I encourage you to go listen to that first. But either way, I think this half will be a huge blessing to you. Enjoy! hope personally as females we're a child of God Holy Spirit lives inside of us the Holy Spirit doesn't just live in my husband but I mentioned Proverbs 31 verse 10 an excellent wife who can find and I'm reading from the English Standard Version um, an excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain that line, the heart of her husband trusts in her. That's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. He, he trusts her to, to be who she is, but it gets wielded. You get further down. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. And people's like people, you know, you said before that, that um, a man was made to feel less than because his wife was quote unquote a lot. And and he was like, well, you're not, you know, you're not controlling your woman. Right. <laughs> you're not telling her, go make me a sandwich. <laughs> but then we go on to verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. And it goes on um, in verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. (laughs) Okay, a couple of things. One, this has been wielded to women um, that you need to live up to all these standards, which can, if we're oh, like you said a minute ago, performance-based, we will always feel less than, we will always feel fall, like we've fallen short of what we need to do. It's also been wielded that, that she's a stay-at-home mom only. Sure, yeah. And, and if that's what God's called you to, absolutely, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But women have been made to feel that if that's not what God called them to, mm-hmm. you know, eh. go ahead. I didn't think, I honestly didn't think of this story when we got into this topic, but I think uh, it's relevant. So for years, God was pushing me to do something. And when I say pushing, I guess I should say nudge, like it was this still small voice inside of my head. Like, sure. He was prompting you. Maybe you should start something like, 
no, I'm supposed to be a stay-at-home mom. And I just picked up this narrative that that was my calling and my highest calling and the only thing I could do. And he would bring it up every couple of years that I remember that it was very obvious. And it was cyclical when my babies were starting to sleep through the night, uh, that he would bring this up. And it was almost like when I had the capacity for something more, he was like, Hey, why don't you start this? And I was like, Nope. And I had decided in my heart that it wasn't God. I did not think that he could be telling me to start something. I thought it Mm. was a lie. And I thought it Mm. was not, could not be God. Because did God you think had, it was just like your own selfish desires or yes. something? Yeah. Where where did that narrative come from, Emily? I I remember reading. Uh, what's it called? Did it come from your church background? It came from my church background, and then more specifically, when I got married, I read um, "Created to Be His Helpmeet" by Debbie Pearl. Um, I haven't read the book by Jack Kyle's daughter that you mentioned, but I I think it's a pretty wife's much purpose by Cindy. Yeah, by Cindy. Stop. I think it's pretty much the same thing. Anyway, yeah. that's where I picked up this big narrative that I had one purpose and it was to be, uh, keeping my house clean and to have my kids, uh, well behaved. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I couldn't break out of this thinking because I thought it wasn't God. Cause God mm. certainly wouldn't be telling me this. So it had come up a few times and then, Oh, just about a year ago, it came up again. My littlest was sleeping through the night again. And I had this really strong urge because I now believe it was God the whole time, but my, yeah. be- my beliefs had limited my ability to see God's calling for me. Hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. You have to say that again. <laughs> Start with my beliefs. My beliefs had limited my ability to see God's calling on my life. Mm. And this is a belief system that was um, not what God originally had planned for you, but a, but a patriarchal type of thought process back mm-hmm. to what that article said earlier about, yep. um, how, how God's initial plan was so twisted right. by, by other people. Wow. Your belief system kept you from God's calling. Right. Whew. So I thought that I, my life had to look a certain way and stepping outside of that would be disobeying God. But little did I know, because the Holy Spirit's voice was so muted in my life, I had a really hard time recognizing what he was saying. Oh, so- you just, girl, you are dropping all kinds of mic drop bombs today. <laughs> you just said the Holy Spirit's voice was muted in your life. Right. Because I don't believe he ever stopped speaking to us. And that could be a whole podcast episode too. <laughs> he's not going to leave you. He promises he's not going to leave you. What happens is we get stuff, beliefs in between us and God to where we say, nope, that can't possibly be God. And Josh Tice talks about our, our conscience like that. Um, Mm -hmm. We get this seared conscience because we think this is the only right way when the Holy spirit is trying to guide us and lead us and direct us. And it might be uncomfortable 
and it might be new, Mm -hmm. but we can step into that. And the more I talk about on my podcast, healing our relationship with the Holy spirit, because that takes work and it takes actively pursuing. And that's why I'm so, um, I guess you can say religious about it. I can't think of another word right now, but routine maybe about asking God every morning, what do you want me to do? Or throughout my day, say, God, what do you want me to do next? Because I want to open that pathway and say, God, please speak to me. Show me what's next. Please make me tune my antenna to hear what you're trying to say to me. Yeah, that's so good, Emily, because for years in certain denominations, that aspect is, is thwarted. Mm-hmm. That whole concept of the Holy Spirit living inside of us and speaking to us has been thwarted. And I, when you make a statement or when I make a statement that, you know, I want to hear what God is saying to me, or whatever, you know, there are people in the body of Christ that take that out of context. Sure. And they're like, oh, she says God talks to her. You know, I know. Um, author and speaker and Bible teacher, Beth Moore has been thrown under the bus in the last couple of years uh, by people calling her a false teacher because she says, you know, the Lord and I were talking this morning, Mm -hmm. you know, like, wait a minute. Can we, can we not have communion with him? Right. It's, it's, you know, she's not talking about some special revelation that's not according to scripture. So I love the fact that you shared that you just say, okay, God, I, I want to hear from you today. I'm listening, you know, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it goes back to Psalm 139 that David said, Lord, you've searched me and you know me. He's talking to him and he's listening to, to the father speak to him. Mm-hmm. Right. So to finish that story a little bit. I finally told my husband for the first time last year that I had had this nudge. I finally decided like journaling it out to to, with God, which is funny because I was like, God, would you take this desire away? Because, you know, I really just want to be in your will. And that breaks my heart. And I bet you your story. I bet that is a story uh, that is women mm -hmm. across the spectrum Yep. Lord, take this desire away because it, it, cer- it certainly can't be from you. And yep. yet he is calling you. Right. Oh, okay. I'll stop interrupting you. That's <sighs> just so good, girl. So I finally told my husband, and I think I'm going to cry. Mm. I said, I think I have this desire to start something. And I don't know what it is. I want to start a business. I want to start a something. And he got so excited about it. Like, <laughs> like makes me wish I was a better cheerleader. Cause he is like the most amazing, <laughs> like you go for it. And like the day I told him we were probably laying in bed before we fell asleep. And he just started praying over it. Like, Oh, girlfriend, God. you just, you just threw our podcast to PG 13. <laughs> <laughs> she just said y'all were laying in bed talking. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about me potentially starting some kind of business. And yeah. 
he just started praying over it and said, God, would you show us what Emily could do? And God, would you, you know, make, make it clear and help us to, you know, be super successful at it. And he was just praying over it and supporting my desire. And it was so healing to know that he was Mm. supportive of it. Like, oh, wait, I can finally stop arguing with God on this because it's actually God (laughs) trying to call me up into something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that. What, how I'm getting to know Bill. I love that. Uh, I was just talking about Bill to Bobby last night. And I just said, Bill gets excited about everything. And I love it. It's like, everything is his favorite. You know, you just want to be around him. And Bobby said, you know what? I think that, um, that Bill and I, and you and Emily, I think the four of us would just really enjoy each other's company. And I'm like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we got to make that, we got to make that happen. But I, I love that. I love the fact that he's your cheerleader and he just was like praying over that. Okay. Continue. So I think it just goes to the point where you were saying, and I laughed when you were reading Psalm 31 or Proverbs 31. And I don't mean that laughing at the scriptures. I just thinking about the ways that that had been misapplied makes me, makes me giggle like, Oh, but if God is calling you to be a stay at home mom, do it, be it. If God is calling you to work outside the home, do not look at at somebody else's life and think that yours is less than if you do not have children, don't look at someone who does and think I'm less than, or I'm not fulfilling my purpose. No. What is God's purpose for you? Right. And let it be something that you previously would have been uncomfortable with because God can call you into things that are much bigger than your past belief systems. Right. Right. Uh, you just dropped another bomb. Say that again. God can call you into something that's bigger than your past belief systems. Hmm. It's so, it's so true because those, those belief systems didn't come from him in the first place, right? You know, did not come from him in the first place. And let's, let's look at that Proverbs 31, this, this article that I read, Old Testament wives can function as windows to their husband's career and character. Now, he's not saying that they're less than and that's their only job, okay? Mm-hmm. But he says, David's first wife, Michael, aids his escape from Saul. Abigail stands out for her intelligence and good judgment and comes to the forefront during David's ascendancy to the kingship. He said, yet despite all these androcentric illustrations, the ideal woman of Old Testament times can seem surprisingly modern. Mm -hmm. The wife of noble character from Proverbs 31 works industriously, not only in traditional domestic spheres, but in running a business outside of her house, purchasing property, making investments, speaking wisely and ruling her household. Men should value such a prudent wife far Mm -hmm. above property and wealth. Wow. Hmm. Does it just make you sad that that is even a thing? Like, 
women in parts of the world or in different circles or in different eras have been treated like that, like property. Yeah. Rather than they're what they fully are as an image bearer. Right. I, I do. I do. Um, process that. And I'll be honest, I can't sit in it very long Mm-mm. because then my sadness turns to anger <laughs> quite, quite candidly. And there is such a thing as rice, righteous indignation, you know, angry yeah. and not sin, but I, yeah, it does. And you know, it's, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if this was in your thought process because it wasn't in mine and I it, it didn't even click until yesterday, but we had talked about recording, not feeling less than, and your worth, um, as all image bearers, but today we're, we're, we are speaking a little bit more specifically to, to a woman's worth because Mm -hmm. in our society, in Christianity and outside of Christianity, um, have been made to feel less than and less worthy, but this is the weekend. And this is the month. This is the weekend that stereotypically, we are reminded of the end it movement, stop human trafficking. Right. And that, it didn't even click with me when we decided that this was going to be the next episode, that it was going to be around the same time mm. as the, as the end it movement as stop human trafficking because, and, and in particular female, you know, in yeah. this sex trafficking and I, about four years ago, I think it was, um, maybe three years ago, our oldest son and daughter-in-law, they, um, what they got me for Mother's Day was uh, a box of three or four different things. And the box was specifically, you know, there's a, a lot of conversation, which is really healthy about fair trade and, and making sure all of those things. And, and in the box, everything that was in the box was um, from women who had been trafficked mm-hmm. and who were in the healing process and in a safe house and, and, and kind of being deprogrammed mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And there is a, if you look up the word uh, branded, branded.com, I believe, um, they're, they're one of the ministries that is helping women feel their worth in Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that the kids gave me, I have this bracelet that I, that I wear pretty much every day and on it says the word branded. It's, you know, tapped in with the, with Mm -hmm. the the metal tools. And then I've got to tell you, it has a number on it. And that number is about seven or eight numbers long. And then in the corner of it, it has um, stamped RC, which is, I think it's RC, it's R, RC or RO, which, which are her initials. Mm. Because, you know, you can't give her full name, her initials, but it says branded and then the numbers. And when I read the information in the box of what the numbers represented, it broke my heart. That 
was her quote unquote name tag, that number, that yeah. was her sex trafficking. And mm -hmm. so for years, she was a number Ugh. as she was being sex trafficked. Mm -mm. And she, you know, and so when we, when we talk about worth and your worth in Christ, I mean, Emily, we could spend the next six episodes talking yeah, sure about, could. Yep. about a woman's worth because there are so many different levels and, and we're, I guess, you know, it's probably my fault because I'm ADD, but we're kind of all over the place today with it, but it all comes back to our worth in Christ as an image bearer and what he intended for us. Right. So maybe we can just wrap it up. You had one other verse that has been taken out of context and used to put women down. <laughs> oh, can, we just, can we just unpack that one a little bit and then we can wrap yeah, up. I, I'm going to be really, yeah, I'll have to be short on this one because it, it, um, it could be it, <laughs> its own episode entirely. Okay. It kind of goes along with the, I know I say this too much, but it kind of goes along with the woman, make me a sandwich. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. So, so, um, in the gospel of John, Chapter two, uh, we read about the wedding at Cana. And, and this is where Christ's first miracle is. And there's this wedding going on. And there were um, such beautiful traditions at that time for, for weddings. And it was just um, a really a really neat thing. And Jesus, you know, there's a lot of scholars that believe that believe that it was some form of a familial wedding because, you know, Jesus mother was there and mm -hmm. the disciples were with him and, and all. And so on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, I could be catty and, <laughs> and say, say when the Welch's grape juice ran out. I'm just kidding. That's another episode. Okay. Heard split covered that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Now I'm going to read this next verse, how I heard it growing mm. up do it when I did hear it the mother of Jesus said to him they have no wine and Jesus said to her woman what does this have to do with me hmm. my hour has not come his mother said to the servants do whatever he tells you let's back up let's rewind that because that verse has been taken out of context it's been wielded in a like the woman make me a sandwich. Okay. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is that word woman was considered a beautiful term of endearment. It was a word of respect. It was a loving term. 
It wasn't like Jesus was calling his mother, hey, woman, what, what yeah. are you talking about? You know, you tr stop trying to tell me what to do. This, that's not it at all. He was, woman is, um, and some people, well, why didn't he just say mother? But then when Jesus is on the cross and he knows that his time has come and he looks down at his mother and at, at his, at, at the disciple, he says to her, woman, behold. And then, and then he says to the disciples, behold your mother. So it means um, a term of, an, of endearment. It was a, a respect. It was not a derogatory term. And so he says, what has, has this to do with me? He's not being disrespectful to her in that moment. He's, he is basically talking about like, my time hasn't come yet. Like the time for the first miracle, you know, is, is not come yet. And, and then his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Okay. So this is not a, this is not her being catty him calling her out and and then she and then she Jesus the son of god who in that moment is 100% god and 100% flesh he's 100% man 100% god i should say it that way um he says to his mom in an endearing way what what is this to do with me and she was she knows what the what the scriptures were saying and and who, what was coming. Um, and, and then without another word, as far as we know, what John records here, she turns to the disciples and instructs them, instructs them in front mm -hmm. of the son of God to do whatever her son is asking them to do. And then we, we see Jesus's first miracle of the water being turned into wine. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I, I heard that terminology, that it was a term of endearment, and I started looking it up, and in, and in the Greek, it, it really is a term of endearment, and during that time, you know, today, you know, somebody says, woman, it's, it's derogatory, mm -hmm. and so it, it, it surprises me how many things we take out of context in scripture or have have been taken out of context in scripture um, regarding women and, and their roles and what they're supposed to do and who they, who are they're supposed to be and what they are allowed and not allowed to do because we take our modern societal thought process and we, we read the scripture through that lens and that's yes. yep. not right. It's not healthy. You know, you've got all these women in the Bible that were in places of leadership mm -hmm. who, who negotiated, who sold property, who, you know, um, they were warriors and, oh yeah, all of they that. were warriors and all those things. And, and I just, I think probably one of the greatest joys for me is for young women, girls, teenagers, girls in their twenties, 
and even older women to see the light bulb come on when you say your worth is in Christ. You are an image bearer. You are a daughter of God. He loves you for who you are, not what you can do, not what you can accomplish, not the giftings you've been given, not your talent. He loves you for you, every bit of it, top to bottom, back to front, inside, outside. You are a daughter of God and he loves you. And for those who have not accepted Christ into their heart, he loves you. Yeah. I know we know this verse, John three sixteen. but for God so loved, so in love, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit are drawing you, or I should say, is drawing you because three and one, right? <laughs> and I just, I just want women and little girls to know their worth. When the RFP started, and I had the privilege of of being with them um, in July of this past year, I had several girls reach out to me privately um, after that, and one of the themes that I heard over and over, Emily, was I don't want my daughters. I don't want my five-year-old. I don't want my seven-year-old. I don't Mm -hmm. want my nine-year-old hearing the things that I heard growing up. I don't want her to start having that narrative spoken over her. That's right. Yep. Um, and so, I think of your girls and I love the fact that they have the daddy that they have. Yeah. Just yeah. that narrative is not going to be spoken over them. Nope. It's not. So often I pray for them that they will be so content and excited in who God has made them to be. Cause that's what mm-hmm. this boils down to. God made you. He doesn't make mistakes. He designed you. He has plans. He has purpose for exactly you, the way that you are with your quirks and your personality and your, your shyness or your too muchness or all of it. (laughs) So, yeah, it's really good when we can sit and soak in that. Yes. Yep. And I say sit and soak because so many women have soaked up so much junk Mm. over the years by what other people saying. Um, I know I refer to, to my pastors a lot, but this past week when pastor Jerry was talking about sons and daughters, daughters, he was talking about swimming in oceans of grace Mm. and that it's the best swim that you'll ever have. I just want women to women that soak in that of who they are in Christ mm-hmm. and let it wash over you. I guess that's the Absolutely. next picture that comes to mind. Let it wash away all the guilt or the shame or the less thans. Right. Because when you've soaked in an unhealthy, unbiblical narrative for so many years, you got to soak in 
the grace of who God made you to be and let it wash over you. I agree. Yep. So Girl, I, we could talk about this for forever. I know our listeners are like, y'all, these episodes are way too long. Maybe we need to air it. Maybe we need to air an episode every week and just do half episodes every week. That's yeah. That's probably, you know, we probably maybe could take this one and um, split it up into, into two weeks because. Yeah, I think so. You know, I would love to hear, I would love to hear from women and from men about what God is doing in their lives in this specific aspect of how he is showing himself to them and helping them heal from the you're not enough. Yes. Because that's for, I mean, because it's a whole, it's a whole nother episode of, of how guys have been made to feel less than and, and, but I would love to hear how God is working. Um, so to, to our listeners, I would love to hear, we would love to hear how God is working in your life in this area specifically and, and, and any other way that you want to, um, any other thing that you want to communicate with us about Emily, tell them how they, how they can connect with us on that. Yeah. The best place to connect with us as far as sharing your story or asking us questions is our email address. And that is hello at sisterseeker.com. And then all of the messages will be in one place for us to um, answer you and hear your stories. You can also find us on, you can also find us and follow us on Instagram. That is our handle is rfwp.sisterseeker. And then we're also on Twitter. That is rfwp podcast. So you can find us there, connect with us. We also have a Facebook page. Um, be awesome to have you follow along and tag us when you're listening to the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, can I say this? Because I want people to understand, because we had a like Clay Maynard at the young and Josh Johnson at the um, young Baptist podcast, you know, he mentioned something that he had not had enough women speaking into his life growing up. When we say sister seeker, we're not just talking about women. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about that. Emily and I are sisters in Christ speaking together, but that it in no way should keep anybody from listening to the podcast because you know I know we have a pink microphone um but y'all are tough enough to listen to pink absolutely (laughs) RF pink there we go absolutely all right well have a great week Lois I'm planning on it thanks so much for um joining us today and and just spending time with us And like Emily said, you know, reach out to us at hello at Sister Seeker. Hey friends, thanks so much for being here. I hope you were so encouraged to step into exactly who God has created you to be and that you can go forward with your day knowing just how valuable you are and that God has shown that to us in his word. 
I also want to say a big thank you to all of our new patrons on Patreon. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, it means so much to us. And if you are interested in supporting the podcast, you can head to patreon.com slash sister seeker or click the link in the show notes below this episode. And if you have enjoyed today's episode, would you consider reading and reviewing this podcast. It's a small way that you can support the show and make a big difference. Who knows? Maybe we'll read your review on the next episode. Hope you all have a great week and we'll be back again next Friday with a brand new episode.